This episode of the podcast is brought to you by a hundred-year-old tortoise who silently judges you about your skinny jeans and vape pens, telling stories about how things were better when he was younger. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Creds, the podcast, the only podcast that was really good at dancing and then lost their sanity. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to do Black Swan. And boy, I was saying to you too, this, um, it's weird that this came out 12 years ago at this point. Yeah. I feel like this just recently came out. <laughs> really? Because it, it almost feels longer for me. Really? I don't know why. Like, it's not dated. This movie's no, not dated no, no, at all. No, no. Like, but, but to me, it's like, wow, this movie, I don't know. I was like, it only came out in 2010. I thought this was like an 01 movie. <laughs> oh, really? I, don't, I don't know why. It yeah. would have been fucking fantastic in 01. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're doing Black Swan today. So that came out in 2010, directed by Darren Aronofsky. You have three people, really, in this film. You have Natalie Portman, who plays Nina, your main character. You have Mila Kunis, who plays Lily. Vincent Cassell, who plays Thomas Leroy, but it's pronounced... Uh, it's Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Because he's French. Yeah, sorry. Leroy? No, it's something else, too. Leroy? Something like I that? Know, like, yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. Super French. Yeah. Uh, Winona Ryder's in this for a wee bit. You do. As Beth. Uh, that, you... like, I forgot about her. Yeah, I completely forgot that she was in this movie. And when, when I saw her for the first time, I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, when I was looking... Whoa, Nona Ryder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, you have Barbara Hershey, who plays Erica, Nina's mom, in this. And then you can kind of throw him in there. He's like this weird, like, one-off fling. But Sebastian stands in this. He's barely in the movie. Well, yeah, but it's just still like, whoa, it, but you're it's in Sebastian this. Stan. Exactly. <laughs> and if you don't know what Black Swan is, the story essentially is a committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Swan Lake. Um... The only difference is, is that, like, she's basically told you have to play the white swan and the black swan. Right. And that's where the sanity comes into play. <laughs> or the insanity. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, this movie's cool. Um, is this, this, this isn't your first time, right? Oh, no. This is, like, my third time watching this you movie. Know, I, it's been a while since I've watched this film. Mm-hmm. I forgot, I guess, a lot of it, yeah. surprisingly. So, it was kind of refreshing to watch it because mm-hmm. I forgot how, like, much of a horror film this is. Yeah, man. Like... I don't know what it was. Like, this was, like, one of the very, very few things that I had, like, as a con to this film. Is that I think the trailer and then I think, like, anything, like, leading up to this film had no idea what the fuck the genre was to this film. It's really hard to market a movie like this, I think. Yeah. Especially when you start getting into, like, the the idea or, you know, the, the concept of her visualizing herself actually becoming mm-hmm. a swan and like you get the scales and yes. the skin and the webbing toe and like the web toes and her literally developing like a longer neck yeah. and stuff like that it's really hard to to i think market a movie like that to a general audience mm-hmm. while because you're contrasting it with the idea of ballet yeah. Which I think is a really great idea. It is. It's a really cool because concept. Because it's, it's this really, really, you know, beautiful kind of art mixed with this, like, horrific thing that's happening to this girl. Yeah. Um, 
it's almost, but I think it's just really hard to market something like that. Yeah, because I feel like because I haven't watched the trailer like since the movie came out, but I feel like they kind of market it more as like this horror movie, mm. and that's not really what it is. No, like this movie is more so on the lines of what if Whiplash was about dancing, but it's kind of a psychological thriller. Right. Yeah, that's something else that I was when I was rewatching it. I never. I guess it's just because I haven't watched this movie in so long that it's just been. I just forgot a lot about it mm-hmm. that I, I never really when every time I've watched Whip, whiplash, I've never thought of making the comparison to black swan, but they are very similar with the idea of like, you have to be perfect. Yeah. Like the perfectionism part of, of it. And, and tr- like just trying so hard to be great at this one specific thing and like what you're willing to do to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what you put your body through. Yeah. Uh, because Miles Teller in Whiplash does a lot of shit too. I mean, like when he gets into the car accident and he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he like yeah. runs the rest of the way to the, to the, um, to the final performance. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up getting like booted anyway. And he's all fucked up and he's bleeding. Yeah. Like, uh, Nina's kind of descent into like sh- her going into this madness hole is, it's it's very similar to Whiplash, but mm-hmm. I do think I like this movie more. Really? Yeah. Okay. I definitely like Black Swan more just because Whiplash obviously pretty much only takes place in reality. It's a very grounded yes. type of film. And I always appreciate like a a, a, a weird metaphorical mm-hmm. like, hey, let's get, ab- in, yeah, in the toes let's get sanity. abstract with it. Mm-hmm. And like that's just my style of film. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, I do end up liking this movie a little bit more i do um, I, I think that it kind of dives into the the self like worth and the and and like the evaluation of oneself and and how and how they see themselves a little bit better than whiplash does yeah and it also plays on like it it combines a little bit better with the idea of perfection for everything too. yeah and much like whiplash too like where miles teller like you know he actually played the drums to like try and get into the role i found out that natalie portman like paid her with her own money to like learn ballet right and do like all these intensive uh like like tricks and moves and everything like that so like that's actually her like dancing yeah in the no film. you can tell like she's like this movie is requires so much from natalie yeah. portman this movie and is very demanding physically from her and, and i think that's a notch to like natalie portman because she i feel like when we were doing like stuff like you know top favorite actors everything like that like she should have been somewhere in there just on sheer amount of like what she's willing to do for roles right um between this what she did for V for Vendetta of shaving her head and now like with Love and Thunder coming out for Thor like she got jacked for the role oh, I haven't seen the trailer oh she she's fucking like jacked really now. yeah it's really cool <laughs> um but like yeah like, I I found that very interesting because it's like natalie portman actually like paid her way to like learn ballet while arnofsky was trying to get the movie funded Mm. so it was like if she didn't do that there's no way that the movie would have been made right um and i think like just going into like some of the good stuff that we like about this film everything yeah pretty much (laughs) the the music combination with the camera style oh my god i noticed from like the first five minutes like the opening shot alone is worth price of admission for me exactly like it's very like violin heavy style with very sharp uh like camera takes yeah like from the very beginning like when you're just getting nina like kind of doing the moves as a ballet dancer and it's like wow, like, it just mixes so well together where it's, like, Aronofsky really planned out everything. Yeah. And then even that that trick, too, that when she's doing, like... The spins. Yeah, yeah. And the way that he used the camera to literally, like... She didn't move. He just spun the camera around, right, yeah. like, on a swivel. Yeah. 
I think that's genius. Yeah, well, like, he that's actually from another movie about dance. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. It's an old, old movie mm-hmm. um, from, like, probably, like, the 50s or the 60s about dancing. And, like, there is that iconic, like, what you're saying where the camera's, like, in a stationary point and it's spinning and then it just stops and then it spins and it stops. Mm-hmm. But it's so – it's done so well in this film um, when she's just looking at like the face, you yeah. know, it's it's just so good. He's and plus, I love. I don't know if I, this is something that I am more sensitive to personally. Like when I see it, is he shot this on sixteen millimeter, mm-hmm. and you can fucking tell. Like, oh, it the, I love like... the film. Like the, the the look of this movie is just so good, and the idea of shooting it on sixteen millimeter, which gives him kind of that freedom to actually like move around yeah. with them because like I love while Nina's dancing you're dancing with her exactly. you're, you're in there it's not like uh, all of these just stationary shots or like really far back shots and mm-hmm. you're just kind of watching the whole stage like no you're on her like the movie is similar to like Mother and just a lot of Arnofsky films is it's so close yes like, like he puts the camera so close to his actor mm-hmm. that it's almost claustrophobic exactly like I noticed that like even too like in the wrestler like it's very similar to this where it's like it feels kind of like this documentary style where it's like you're just the way that the camera is shown it's kind of like that shaky style but that's because you're like following her. right like yeah. you're you're basically like the best friend that's like with her like seeing all of this like right by her side and basically yeah. dancing with her like you said yeah so I thought that was a really cool uh cool idea I do think there are points where it's like the shaky camera kind of like gets ahead of itself but like the majority of the film it works out perfectly for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, Mila Kunis kind of is interesting in this film mm-hmm. because she kind of plays two roles, essentially, mm-hmm. like the white swan and the black swan, where she is playing her real self. Yeah. And then she's playing Nina's, like... Alter ego, almost. Right, like the fabrication mm-hmm. side that, that she created. And... The whole idea of like when at the end, man, when she, when when like when she stabs her mm-hmm. and then she comes and knocks on the door and is like, "Hey, I just want to say really good job," and then yeah. you realize that Nina actually stabs herself. It's like that is so good. Mm-hmm. And there's mo- I mean, you want to talk about like uh, when we when we spoke about um, Dog Day Afternoon, we were like, you know, just so many themes. Like this movie is just drenched oh, in like yeah. metaphors and themes. Exactly. And like. Man, like from the almost from uh the opening shot when Nina's sitting in the um in the like the, their makeup room where they mm-hmm. all the girls get ready, and did you like notice the amount of mirrors? Oh yeah, and how they're all perfectly placed. Mm-hmm. There's not like an excessive amount of mirrors that are just that are like looking at nothing. Like every mirror in the shot is placed in a way that frames something about an actor and what they're doing exactly even even like the ones behind the actors where you're seeing a reflection Mm -hmm. of a reflection of a mirror yes it's the the level of detail is insane well even too like i noticed when like when you have nina kind of go off like towards beth's dressing room and like sees her like just smashing everything right same thing you have like the door cracked open but you can see like the entire room yeah and then as like she's breaking the mirrors like obviously you get less and less but like it it was a really cool idea of like using that type of like 
mirror aspect of like looking into your own reflection. Right, of course, because I mean that whole like the movie it, they're always Nina's always looking at herself in this yes. film just about, right? Like whether it's through a reflection through a bus window or in the actual mirrors themselves, like she's constantly looking at herself. Mm-hmm. And obviously that is a metaphor and, and whatnot, like for the film and, and Nina's like self-evaluation of herself and trying to be better and trying, you know, always kind of judging herself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the mirrors are just used so well in the film and you get kind of jealous. I'm just like, God, like I know. <laughs> he's just such a good fucking filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like, I don't know if I feel like Arnofsky gets enough credit. I don't think he does. Like, I, I almost feel like he's never in conversations enough. Well, I don't know, like, what this movie even won, like, in terms of awards or if it even did. But, like, this would be, like, probably something where it's, like, it should have won an Oscar. If this movie was released today, this would be all over the art house scene. This oh, would absolutely. Be like, like, Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Like, A24 100% <laughs> would be making this film. Like, this it, does feel like an A24 oh, yeah, film. absolutely. And he's just doing it, like, you know... He was doing it before it was cool, <laughs> which is which is really cool mm-hmm. to see. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, the, the whole idea of like all the mirrors and like even the idea when the mom has all of the portraits. Oh my god! Because like, look, there's a lot to unpack about her too. Yeah. But we'll get there. But like when even the idea of like even when when she's not looking into a mirror, she goes home and all she sees is portraits of herself. Yes. It's like more so, mirrors again. It's the same thing of like this reflection on yourself. Yeah. Like, and then all of the portraits are, for the most part, like, this kind of, like, sad oh, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for, like, one or two where it's, like, actually her smiling, and that was the one that she focused on. Right, yeah. Um, I think it was interesting, too. Like, even, like, a small little thing of, like, when she does get the part as the Swan Queen, and, like, the mom brings, like, the big cake over. Right. And, like, there is this very, like, peaceful music to it, and then she's like, oh, no, no, I, I shouldn't. Like, I, I'm trying to watch my figure for it. And then the music just suddenly changes and erica's like fine i'll just throw it away exactly like, immediately changes like there's yeah. such a psychological issue with the mom too that like they don't deep dive enough into it but i don't feel like you really need to like you get just enough to know like what their relationship is about oh yeah clearly because it's something that I, that i find interesting in this film is it's it's very hard to gauge nina's age Because you don't exactly know how old she is because the mom is so overbearing Mm -hmm. and treats her like a child. Like she even, she even deck like, and you don't really exactly know, but you have, I have to kind of believe that Erica is the reason why Nina's room looks like an 11 year old girl's room. Mm -hmm. The, the, you know, the teddy bears, the pink, everything is just, it looks like, you know, the, it literally looks like a a child's bedroom. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's so overbearing. I mean, every minute, even when fucking Lily comes over and knocks on the door and, and Erica like is like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, yeah. <laughs> you got to You got to practice. Hey, you got to go. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And like Nina ends up like finally like breaking away from her mom. She's just so overpowering and yeah. so overbearing. And it's just like it's so hard to gauge how old Natalie Portman is supposed to be in this movie. Is she supposed to be 16 or is she supposed to be 30? Like you don't yeah. know. <laughs> and, and it's just like, it's so interesting. Well, you could just chalk that up to the great genetics of Natalie Portman. Well, no, but that, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. She, she looks great, but you, you just don't know because Natalie Portman is obviously at like at least in her twenties in this yeah. film. Well, they're going out to a bar to get drinks, so she's right. at least twenty one. Right, right, like exactly, right. So she's at least twenty one, no matter what you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she goes home and she's treated like a small child. Yeah, and like a just 15, like, 16 year old. Right, you're yeah. just like, wait, like how old are you? <laughs> and I find that really, I find that really creative. I think that's mm-hmm. a really cool idea. 
because she has she she's kind of and like it's kind of like the similar with you know with like the way that she speaks yeah like you notice her when i i think a really great transition a great transitional thing that happens in this film is when you first meet nina she's so soft-spoken mm-hmm. and she's so she doesn't like um she's like a mouse right she's yeah. just very very like soft-spoken and when somebody says something to her she's like what huh oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah i don't think so mom <laughs> and then like to once she starts getting that confidence of becoming the black swan she gets more assertive her yeah. voice her you know her her voice gets better it's just absolutely it's just it's so smart he's great i love him yeah i know he's great (laughs) he he does a lot of like small tricks in this film like even like small things where it's like you know when she fucks up like her foot and like she breaks off like the toenail like it's this this subtle kind of like foreshadowing of shedding your old self becoming like something new and that's literally like what the whole point of the film is is for Nina is she has the white swan down pat like she can be like this very graceful very pure style but she has to play the black swan of that very seductive very like sexy kind of like evil style to it and the whole film is kind of like these small little instances of like her slowly shedding her skin like the whole thing with Lily and Nina when they go out to the bar and then they come back home and they start having like the the sex scene and like you see like the ripples start to appear on her legs. Yeah. And it's like, okay, again, like this is like the small little things of like she's starting to become uncomfortable with the old self and starting to become comfortable with the new self. Yeah. It's a very cool style to it. Mm-hmm. I think, again, this is why I'm like, wow, I can't believe this movie came out like 12 years ago because there's a lot of like small little tricks in this film that would be a today thing in films. Yeah, like that definitely. little ripple effect, like that CGI style that looks real is not something that 2010 <laughs> was known for. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe with Avatar, but that's it. And it, and it looks good too. Like exactly. Even like when she actually becomes the manifestation of the Black Swan Yes, on it's stage, amazing. It looks great. And like the actual, like every time that like she's turning a little bit more gets added. Yeah. Like it's so good looking. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And like the small little like things of like hissing while she's doing that too, it just adds to like this very like, I've become evil. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of um, the, I don't know if you ever saw it, like it's this weird movie called Legend um, hmm. where... I don't think so. I think, I could be wrong. I think Tom Cruise is in it, um, but it's, you would know like from the devil, like he has the massive horns and it's played by Tim Curry. Okay. And it's like the same thing of like the, the pure white woman, like um, going to the dark side and like being with the devil and becoming like all blacked out and like turning on the prince. Yeah. And it's like the same kind of style with like, how Nina is starting to evolve herself. Yeah. Yeah. And like Toma is like an interesting character too, right? Because mm-hmm. he's kind of like the catalyst for all of this mm-hmm. because Beth, Winona, Winona Ryder's character is like, because of Toma, mm-hmm. she is the way that she is. And because of Toma, Natalie Portman becomes the way, like, you know, Nina becomes the way that she is because he yeah. pushes you so hard. Exactly, and that's where I got like the whiplash right, thing. Exactly, where it's like of J.K. Simmons. Yeah, and what I mean, bro, what a fucking iconic scene of 
them dancing together mm-hmm. and then he starts kissing her he's telling her to open yes. her mouth and, oh. then he, and then he starts like you know rubbing you know rubbing her and stuff mm-hmm. and then he just lets go and he goes he goes you see what the problem was there he's like i seduced you 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 didn't seduce me exactly and he fucking walks away and he just <laughs> leaves her there like mm-hmm. in shock mm-hmm. it is that is an i that is a truly iconic scene. it's a mic drop moment for it it is yeah it's fucking it's it's just so crazy mm-hmm. i'm like what the balls on this like man <laughs> are insane yeah and like the idea of it, it's just, it was just so, like, what a ruthless character. Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, Tomah really only cares about a great performance, right? Yeah. Like, that's what matters the most. I mean, when, um, I don't know who you blame in the situation of when Nino gets dropped on the stage when they're actually doing the performance. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she's she clearly starts, like, getting in a in a weird like th- like in a weird headspace and you can tell that she's starting to like l- like lose her sense of reality when yeah. she's on stage performing but she's being held up by the you know by her the other performer the male actor in that movie and then he drops her mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell like whose pro- like whose fault that was because yes Nina's like kind of losing herself a little bit but at the end of the day in my head all he's doing is holding her there. So, like, yeah. I mean, you don't know, right? Like, her weight could have shifted because she wasn't, like, you know, paying attention. And, and, and she, like, threw her, her weight in, like, our direction. And then that caused him to drop her. Mm-hmm. And after he drops her, you know, obviously, they, they pick back up. They finish the performance. And Tomah, like, loses his fucking yes. mind. It's he's like, just, what the fuck was that? It's like, this is terrible. You know, this is a fuck. It's a fucking disaster. And then Nina immediately goes to, it's not my fault. He dropped me, yes. right? You know, it's not my problem. And and then it's, like, never addressed again. Mm-mm. And it because shows the rest you, of the play went well. Right. And it just, it shows you just like how like this ebb and flow of mm-hmm. like the fucking of like the theater. Yes. The highs and lows of like, you know, something goes wrong. It's a fucking catastrophe. And then something picks back up again. It's and like, then you oh, forget it. You immediately yeah. forget about it. Yeah. It's, it's really just, I love it. I love it a lot. I love the idea of it being like kind of, it also sort of reminds me of Birdman. Yeah, it does. The theatric, like, the, yes. it, it's so theatrical in, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in this movie, but it's obviously way darker than Birdman. Yeah. I mean, Birdman goes kind of dark. It but... does take, like, that kind of, like, aspect of shifting reality to it, too. Yeah. But, I mean, like you said, it's it's a lot darker. Yeah. I mean, even to um, when we get to, like, the last 20 minutes when they're there Bro, at the, the last Dude, the last, like, half hour mm-hmm. is absolutely insane. And you know what I love, too, is that, like, it felt like everything from that point to the end was a play. Like yeah, it felt like yeah. this was Swan Lake reimagined in Tomas's like style. Right. Yeah. And I think that was really interesting because like you got the pieces on actual stage, but then you got like the backstage portion of it where you got to see like the darker themes and the darker side to everything. Yeah. Like with the whole fighting scene of Lily and Nina. Yeah. And like breaking the mirror again, shattering that idea of like, especially because right, like she breaks the mirror mm-hmm. with Lily. Yes, although it's not technically Lily, but like that's like you know exactly like kind of like like shattering the idea of like there's no more separation now exactly. between these two. You have become one. Mm-hmm. There is no reflection. Also, man, how fucking cool is it when? The reflections start doing their own thing. Yes, not with that mirror scene was amazing where it's like Nina is dancing and then like she lifts up her arm and then the mirror side doesn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she like comes back and then the mirror side turns around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Like again, this is that weird horror element to it that 
a normal person going to the theater expecting a ballet movie wouldn't see. Yeah. And it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like it, it's really cool. Like when she shatters the mirror with Lily, again, breaking that idea of like your version of yourself. Right. And I think that dynamic of Lily and, and Nina is really what makes the film. Um, even too, again, with that weird sex scene where it's like she like like Lily comes back up and then it's Nina's face. Right. And it's again like these small little instances to like show that like, no, they are the same person. It's just yeah. one side to it. Right. Exactly. It's even like cool because when when Lily um, is I think Nina's sitting in I don't know what they call it, but like where the, where she's practicing like that gym area with yeah. the big wall mirror where she's practicing and then she's by herself and Lily comes in, but her face is being completely covered in shadow mm-hmm. and it looks like Natalie Portman. Yes. And then as soon as she steps out of the shower, uh, out of the shadow, it becomes Lily. It becomes Mino Kunas's mm-hmm. face. So like, again, like how they manage to do that type of like CG work and it looks so fluid and it looks so incredible. It's just, it makes this movie age so timelessly. Yeah. Because there's, you know, there's so many films that are that are really good, but they don't exactly have you know maybe the best pract- um, the best CGI effects. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ages them a little bit, and it kind of dates them a little bit. So you kind of have to like warn somebody beforehand. You yeah. know, like you know, hey, the CGI is not great, but still, it's a cool movie. Like you should watch <laughs> it. So you so then you gotta like prepare them for it, and then it's okay. Mm-hmm. This movie you don't have to do that. With. No, like maybe maybe like when there's that last fight scene with. Nina and Erica and like she slams the door and her legs start to bend in like oh, a swan. I thought that looked great. Oh no, that's the thing is like I think it looks great, but some people might say that looks like shit CGI. Oh, oh man, I thought it looked great in the yeah. fucking cracking that oh. you hear. It's so And like, then like her intense. just banging her even, head. Even like when when uh Lily is choking Nina and then mm. Nina's neck becomes mm-hmm. like elongated. Oh. <laughs> it's so cool. It's such like good attention to detail. Yeah, it really is. It really is, man. I, I think oh. this movie's great. I'm glad that we rewatched it, and I'm glad that we um, that we did it now. I don't know, man. It's just like I, I, I this was like the perfect time to watch it. For me. <laughs> I, th- I think it just like hit right because mm-hmm. it's it was it really just kind of reignited my like love for Arnofsky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, don't know what he's working on next. Like if he is doing anything. Yeah, he's doing like, something. I believe it has. I could be wrong. I might be thinking of another director. I think it has something. It's like an untitled AI project. Okay. About like like a courtroom situation, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. That might be Yorgos Lanthimos. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but he's always doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, so like as for themes, like we kind of, you kind of have to, we, we've, we've been kind of talking about the themes yeah. because you kind of need to with this movie. Um, you know, during the discussion of the film. So obviously like perfectionism, right? Like Absolutely. the idea of it. Um, I think the idea of like, breaking away from your parent yeah. is a big one like mm-hmm. getting out from like like literally getting out from underneath their roof mm-hmm. right uh and then of course the big one is the kind of like self evaluation of, of yourself and how you see yourself and and how you and how other people see you yeah it, it's just in like the constant you know self-judgment that everybody does for themselves and we all do it mm-hmm. uh obviously this is taking it to an extreme um but yeah i mean the themes are great no i know i I think you can also throw in there because like something that i got is like that duality of like you know light and dark perfect and and hatred like stuff like that 
Um, there is an aspect of sexual awakening in this film that I a think... little bit. I don't. It, they don't. They don't tap on it too much. No. To like, uh, you know, to like really be like, hey, this is like a, a major plot point yeah. for it. I but mean, there is a point of it. I think that's kind of like goes with like the idea of Nina becoming a woman. Like yeah. her own woman, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like this child that her mom kind of makes her for, like kind of forces her to be. Exactly. Yeah. And then like the big one that I think like was kind of like a hidden theme to it because obviously like perfectionism is like the biggest one. Yeah. And the the lifestyle of a ballet dancer. Um, I think this movie actually does a very subtle way of tackling eating disorders because you have like this whole thing with Nina where she's constantly like throwing up. Um, right. She says that she won't eat the cake right. because she wants to stay thin. And if you notice, like, more towards the end, like, when it's her getting fitted for the dress. Yeah, they say that and, you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. yeah, and, like, you can physically see, like, yeah, she she's skinny. she frail, yeah. Yeah, and then I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of a ballet dancer because it's, like, you have to kind of be, like, that very thin, like, nimble shape. So then that way you can do, like, all these things and get, like, lifted up and everything like that. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because... With like the, with this film, all of the themes can kind of be brought back. Like all the mm-hmm. themes kind of come full cir- circle with like being perfect. Exactly. Like even like even you know even you saying eating disorder. Like the reason why she has that is because she is wants be- to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like that's that's a really cool kind of theme within a theme thing mm-hmm. that that happens with this movie. Um, and then of course the ending is great, right? Like we didn't actually like oh, talk yeah. about it, but the ending of the film where she realizes that she stabbed herself mm-hmm. and then that final, like her swan song. Right. And then she jumps off is just, it's incredible. Yeah. And then her being like, it was perfect. Yeah. It, it's a perfect ending. It like is. you didn't need anything else. Yeah. It's, it's great, man. I love mm-hmm. this movie. I'm glad that we did it. Um, and I, I can't believe how much I forgot <laughs> about the black swan. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it surprised me and how much I, I didn't remember. And like, it, like it was like, wow, I'm rewatching this movie for the first time. Almost. It mm-hmm. felt like, um, it's a great film. It's a yeah. really, really great film. Nine and Nine, a half. Yeah. Nine and a half shards of glass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. Uh, nerdy recommendation. Boo. Doesn't go along Boo. with this at all. <laughs> um, I can't say whether or not I love it yet because there's still episodes to come out. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Holy uh, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. Is it Obi-Wan? Oh, fuck yeah. It's <laughs> Obi-Wan. <laughs> I can't believe in this day and age we're getting a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, it's insane. Like, the idea that, again, years have passed. Like, a decade, I think, has passed since Revenge of the Sith has come out. Um, Ewan McGregor hasn't done anything with Star Wars. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, he hasn't done anything since Star Wars. I was like, no. Oh. He, he, was Doctor, he was in Doctor Sleep. Um, but, like, Hayden Christensen, I know. Oh, is he in it? So here, Is he back? Is so, he back as Vader? Spoiler alert. Okay. Um, Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader. As physical Darth Vader, James Earl Jones well, still is doing the voice. Doing right? the voice. We, we, yeah, I mean, you have to. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel real if it doesn't. Um, and I think it's really cool, too, that, like, Ewan McGregor, like, helped. He's an executive producer on this show. Um, the director, Deborah Cho, like, she's done a very fantastic job, so far at least, with capturing the idea of, like, where Obi-Wan is now. And me just being a nerd, like, I liked that they indulged in the idea of the Inquisitors, which is a very cool concept, but they're all kind of shit, so it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's three... At, at the time of this recording, four episodes are out. There's six in total. 
Um, I am wondering, because it's getting close to the end, it's like, where are we going to trail off from here? Like, where are we going to bring back full circle? Right. Because I would imagine that Obi-Wan and Vader kind of have to have, like, their their conflict, right? With yeah, one another. A, a little conflict. Because that's the other thing that I like about Star Wars is the fact that, like, yes, there's a shit ton of, like, prequel stuff and, like, stuff after, like, the original films. But they have a way of, like, coming back full circle. Well, so, wait, it. can I ask you something? Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, never mind. <laughs> um, so does... So I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but from yeah. what I would recall Obi-Wan doesn't know that Anakin is still alive, correct? Uh like I would imagine that in this show it's kind of like him like learning that Anakin's correct. alive, correct? Right? Mm-hmm. And then going to find him? Not to, really. To then kill him or No, this is still like the story where he's on Tatooine, he's set to just protect Luke from afar and like help him grow up and then when he shows signs of the Force, then he'll teach him the ways. Uh, um, but then they sprinkle in, like, you know, Leia's been kidnapped. They show off that she's Force-sensitive early on. Um, and it's... it. I mean, at least, like, for the first, like, three episodes, it's, hey, I have to... Like, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Yeah, right. Can you go rescue Leia? Right, right, right. Yeah. Which does, in fact, tie into the fact that, like, you know, in the original movie, like... She says, help, help me, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. Because right. at this point, she knows who Obi-Wan is. Right. So it's no longer a mystery of why does she know that Obi-Wan can do this. Right. Wow. So it's okay. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying myself right now. Yeah. It's more just like the nostalgia glasses on of like, oh my God, it's Ewan McGregor. Oh my God, it's Hayden Christensen. Oh my yeah. God, it's Star Wars. Is he, is he like, do you see Hayden Christensen's face and stuff? Like, or are they you, just... you see like a snippet of like him in like the tube, like bathing. Does because it look it's... fucked up? Yeah, absolutely. Nah, great, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, great. Yeah. So you're going to recommend Obi-Wan Kenobi is the name of it? Correct. It's on Disney Plus? Correct. All right, cool. Well, Zach, thanks for the recommendation. Zach. Well, what are we doing next, Frank? Uh, we are going to be talking about unnecessary and completely unjustified movie reboots slash remakes. Correct. I love it. <laughs> I fucking hate most remakes. Yeah. So uh, look forward to that conversation. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, this is your moment, Nina. Don't let it go.